Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for February 24th, 2020. Well, hello, fellow pilgrims. What a delight to be with you again. I just ask the Holy Spirit to guide us as we go through portions of the Scripture today. And in a sense, I'm going to be looking a lot at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and I'm going to kind of go to it backwards. (laughs) That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? But I think you'll understand what I mean in just a few moments. So if you'd like to turn with me, to the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. It's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm going to pick it up in verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. When therefore you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. And when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, and your alms may be, rather, that your alms may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. And when you pray, you are not to be as the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners in order to be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your inner room, And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. I'm going to come back to that last portion in a few minutes, but I'd like to do another look at other portions of the Sermon on the Mount. Notice that where I read, it says, when you pray, go into your inner room. Uh, Another question is, who are you desiring to please? When you go back and look over these verses, It says, for instance, in the uh, first verse, 
when he's talking about don't practice your righteousness before men, otherwise you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. And then don't watch your alms in verse 4 may be done in secret that your Father who sees in secret may repay you. I'm emphasizing the word Father. And then when he talks about prayer, he says, shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. And then he says in verse 8, before he teaches us the Lord's Prayer, he says, therefore don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now I'm going to be coming back to that in just a few moments. But I wanted to look at some other things that I thought were so extremely important. I want to go back to the fifth chapter of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew and just read a few verses. Maybe you're already ahead of me. I'm going to read from verse 40. And if anyone wants to sue you, take your shirt, let him have your coat also. And whoever shall force you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, in order that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteousness and unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax gatherers do the same. And if you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's from the fifth chapter. I was going over and over again the Sermon on the Mount, and for years it's meant so much to me. It just seems to expand decade after decade every time I read it. I've mentioned on many occasions that one of the first definitions that I had of the Sermon on the Mount was through a woman by the name of Edna Hutchins, who introduced us to E. Stanley Jones. And he talked about the Sermon on the Mount, and I've mentioned it before. I just want to bring it to memory. He said the Sermon on the Mount is not a a message of what you're supposed to be able to go and do, but it's rather a description of his resurrection life inside of you. And then I've gone back on a couple of occasions and said, well, how do we enter the kingdom of God? And I go back to that first verse in the Sermon on the Mount. When he gets up on the mountain and begins to teach his disciples, he says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is, present tense, the kingdom of heaven. And I've talked on many occasions that the gospel of the New Testament that Jesus Christ preached was the gospel of the kingdom of God. Uh, In the, the fourth chapter, after Jesus has gone through that great temptation, he comes to Nazareth, and he says this in the 17th verse, 
From that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is the rule and the reign of God on earth. Now, we've talked about this on many, many occasions, but I'm seeing something else. All through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, of course, but he's talking about relationship with his Father. Just in those few verses that I read from Matthew 5 and 6, notice how many times it says, Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. Or uh, when you give alms, do it in secret so that your Father who sees in secret. Or when you pray, go into your inner room and pray to your Father who is in secret. The whole message of Jesus Christ is all about bringing us into relationship with our Father God. And it's so important because it changes the way that we pray. And this is what I'm after today and what I'm going to be discussing in this podcast and in the next one. When we go into our inner room and pray, that inner room used to be a kind of a a, a cloak that they would pull over themselves and gird themselves and begin to pray. It was something that was intensely personal. And it's so important for us to remember what it means to please and be brought to the Father. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that in a few moments. But I began to see again and again, and this is the second time I'm repeating it. You know, my my nickname is Mr. Redundant. But the, the Sermon on the Mount is all about the kingdom of God. The first beatitude is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What God wants to bring us into is his kingdom. And the kingdom is the rule and the reign of God on earth. And then Jesus just goes through thing after thing in, in the marvelous verses of the Sermon on the Mount. So what is the Sermon on the Mount really all about? I would like to suggest this. It's all about how you can know, please, and come into deep relationship with Father God. This is what Jesus begins in Matthew 5 that I read earlier about the poor in spirit. The message is all knowing about the Father. Glory to God in the highest that we may know him. For instance, the scripture that many of us refer to in John's gospel, chapter 3, where he's talking to Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again to see the kingdom And then in verse 5, you have to be born again by that same Spirit to enter the kingdom. And we see the difference between seeing the king and entering into his kingdom. And that God is after us to know that we want to know the Father. Now, one of the reasons that this is so vitally, vitally important is as follows. What was broken in Eden? When you go back and you read in Genesis, just let me read it very, very carefully to you. And I want to read just a couple of verses from the third chapter. And then I want to read something from Revelation. The fall of man about the serpent who was more crafty. And he comes in verse 1 and he says, Indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Now, the garden was perfect 
full of trees and everything. That, everything that God God wanted relationships. God our Father. And what the enemy did was to destroy the relationship and bring sin into the world. In the book of the Revelation, given uh, the Apostle John, in the 12th chapter, some verses need to be read in this context. In the 12th chapter, it tells us this. I'm going to read, oh, I'll pick it up in uh, verse, uh, verse 3 of Revelation 12. And another sign appeared in the heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth to that, so that when she gave birth, he might devour the child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she might be nourished for 1,260 days. And there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels waged war. And they were not strong enough and there was no longer a place for them in heaven, and the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even unto death. I say all of that and read all of that because it's a a, a beautiful uh putting together the whole story of the lostness of Eden. God loses in that sense his family. Sin separates them. And then it also speaks of Mary and the child Jesus who's caught up into heaven, ruling with a rod of iron. You go back to the second chapter of the, of the book of Psalms where it talks about the rod of iron. The point I'm trying to make is, is that what was broken in Eden... God wants restored. And when we go back to the Sermon on the Mount, what we really see when you read all six, seven chapters is a restoration of the Father to his children. I'm so excited about this because as I began this whole testimony, the whole reading here on this this particular day, is that you want to be He wants them to have a reward with their Father who is in heaven. He wants them to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect as they were in the beginning. I'm going to continue this in the next podcast. I want to talk more about our Father who art in heaven. And I invite your your, uh, listening ear and your spirit to accompany me 
as we go and just look a little more deeply into the Sermon on the Mount, which is how God is going to restore His children through the Lord Jesus Christ to Himself, our Father God. God wants you to come and be His son and daughter through the sacrificial life of Jesus Christ. Much more on this in prayer in the next one. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.